Hey, Will, like I normally do, I just want to take a moment to tell our listeners to make sure they hit us up on social, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, wherever you might see us. Make sure you're sending us something. Also, you can email us directly at AppalachiaMeetsWorld at gmail.com. If you get a moment, shoot us a line, give us some feedback. Yeah, and wherever you listen to the podcast, make sure you subscribe to Appalachia Meets World. It just helps our podcast, but it also helps you know when we're releasing a new episode. Burning eyes and burning smiles. If there's no progression and moving Harlan forward and trying to make it better, then of course there's not going to be you know, any opportunities for, for the next generation. And that's why I think that it's it's so important for kids to, to stay here and want to make it better. Appalachia Meets World, a podcast about place and perspective, but always Appalachia. And don't forget, Will, tonight's episode is powered by SOAR. Shaping our Appalachian region. You're a entrepreneur out there especially in eastern kentucky check them out appalachia meets world we are back another week it's will and neil got a lot of snow this week huh yeah got, got a little snowstorm came in there's a whole whole city shut down when yeah when whole city shut down i had to make sure patrons could get in and out of the grocery stores you know I was out and about 30 straight hours helping my buddy push some snow. I thought it only snowed like five or six inches. It was really cool when I when I agreed to help him on that part of his business. And, and it seemed like a lot of fun for the first 12 hours. But <laughs> at hour 30, I was I, I kind of hit a wall. It's all good. Went away quick. Rained a lot. Took it away pretty quick. Still pretty cold, though. I think it's cold everywhere right now. Yeah, I kind of like the cold. You do? Yeah. I do not. Talk of the state of Kentucky right now, man, is uh, the value of all vehicles has gone up like 40%. State legislature has uh, elected to increase all the taxes on your vehicles by at least that much as well. Really? Yeah, it's kind of a big deal. You know, I don't want to get too political. If you paid $100 this year for your car taxes the value of your car just went up 40 percent your taxes are going up too so next year you know your your car taxes might be 140 dollars. actually one of my former college teammates patrick flannery who's a representative over in grayson kentucky has just introduced a bill to try to fight that so we'll see what happens with that but they're trying to to maybe make some changes to avoid that but as of right now they've gone up and if that for some reason they get that change, then they're going to look at doing refunds. Yeah. One other thing I read today, which is pretty big deal for the region. EDA has this, I don't know if you've heard of it, but the Build Back Better Regional Challenge. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're giving away $1 billion in grant funding to finalists that have submitted for this Build Back Better Regional Challenge. Of the hundreds of people that applied, they've narrowed it down to 60 finalists. Of those 60 finalists, 20% of the finalists are in Appalachia. Wow. One so, of those finalists has been on this show in Coldfield Development. Oh, 
they submitted a project to put together. All these projects are based around building industries within a specific location. This location, obviously, Cofield Development is, is Southern West Virginia and Western West Virginia, but they have submitted an application to develop solar enterprises throughout the region or build the capacity of solar energy in West Virginia. Yeah, that was one of their uh, first projects that those guys worked on, solar company. Hopefully, they'll be one of the people that's selected. Yeah, that that would be awesome. Um, I think it was all because Brandon was on this show. Really. Yeah. I really feel like that that has just pushed him over the top. Don't you? Definitely. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure the word got out after he was on <laughs> Appalachian Meets World. But it's it's a, it's a real good accomplishment. The, the thing about it is when they actually pick the winners of the 60 finalists, those winners will get $100 million to put towards their project that they have submitted. So that's no small chunk of change. Absolutely not. I wish Brandon Dennison and his team the best. I hope they're one of the groups that gets it. So, yeah, good luck to Cofield Development and all the other entities within Appalachia. Absolutely. Awesome. We're back on the final episode of Music Series. Yeah, man. Um, I finally, I, I finally came to a crossroads in my life this past week during the snowstorm, actually. You know, in today's world, I think most everybody that has an Apple iPhone also has Apple Music. Well, your brother has never signed up for Apple Music because why? Wow. It costs money, bro. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I have fought this for several years now and with kids and you know a spouse that likes to listen to music it's been really difficult it's it's been a challenge but i, I caved now I have apple music you know i'm gonna start listening to all of these musical talents that we have on this show and uh you know rather than having to dial them up on youtube i want to <laughs> just pop in you know my apple music playlist perfect perfect timing man I know. Right at the end of the music series, that now that you've learned of, of all several, of, all artists. of our talent, all of our talent has talked me into it. I'd like to hear that. Yeah, I'll send you. I'll send you a great playlist from Music of Appalachian Meets World. Maybe we can put together our own playlist. Sounds like a great idea. You know, we talked about the traditional country bluegrass. We we even talked to the historian there at East Tennessee State. We talked to a really I guess you could say proven art artist or at least one that had been on American Idol. We got a little different perspective on the music scene in Appalachia with the Muscle Shoals region. Tonight, we're going to talk to an artist that kind of has a different sound for the region that he's from, Harlan, Kentucky. But most people, when they think about music out of there, again, they think about the traditional country. They think about bluegrass. But he kind of has this unique sound that reminds you of Jason Isbell or artists with just that folksy singer-songwriter sound. And, and I'm, I'm kind of excited to have him on the show tonight. He's definitely an up-and-comer that has been working at his craft and, and is well beyond his years in regards to writing music. Yeah, he's going to be one that you definitely will have to keep an eye on because... I don't guess he's mainstream yet, but kind of a diamond in the rough that might be next on the scene. So I'm looking forward to talking to him, learning a little bit more about him, and uh, of course, just trying to get his music out there to the listeners. Definitely. That's one of the things that we wanted to do in this last episode, to get an up-and-comer from 
the Appalachian region to hear his story, but also to get his music out there to to the listeners and, and let you know about him and what he's about to do. Yeah, so let's get Cody Howard from Harlan County on the show. All right, let's get it going. I know this old town by heart Every corner, every curve Funeral homes, the nicest place At least they got some honest work That old mine up the road is still going strong On the episode tonight, we have Cody Howard, born and raised in the deep, dark hills of eastern Kentucky, Harlan County, USA, which some refer to as Bloody Harlan, or others referred to as the home of Justify. Um, That's right. <laughs> he <laughs> is, <laughs> he's a singer and songwriter with storytelling skills and lyrics well beyond his years. He's got a unique and distinctive sound in the Appalachian music scene and is definitely one to be heard. He released a debut EP in August of 2020 and will release his debut album on March the 18th, 2022. So that's exciting, man. And and definitely you want to, for the listeners out there, you want to check it out, download it when it comes out. Be looking for Cody Howard, especially early this next year. Cody, we we definitely appreciate you being on the show and thank you for your time. Well, thank you guys for having me. I'm I'm real happy to be here. I really do like what you all are doing. Oh, well, thanks. If you've listened to any of our episodes, Neil and I, obviously, as Appalachians do, big on tradition. Our family's big on tradition. One tradition we have are appetizers at the holidays. We have huge appetizer spread. We were wondering, what's your favorite appetizer? Do you have a favorite appetizer or just holiday dish? Uh, that's a, that's a great question. <laughs> it's a great question. You know, like for, for Thanksgiving or something, my yeah. mom and my grandma, they always make the best deviled eggs. Oh, the world. Yeah. So like no, we're not eating yet. I'll try to like slip one or two, you know, and <laughs> eat them real quick. So yeah. that that's probably what my my first choice to go to would be those. And I'll get I'll get me about three or four more from my plate. <laughs> I, I think <laughs> I think Neil will agree with that choice for sure. Absolutely. I love some deviled eggs, man. Thanksgiving wasn't too long ago. I think I had six before we ever started. Now that we got, we got that question out of the way, we'll, we'll go ahead and jump right in. We, we had a music historian on a few episodes ago to talk about Appalachian music. And when people think about Appalachian music, really majority of people think about old time country, bluegrass. But especially recently, you know, there's been a lot of diversity in sound throughout Appalachia. Everything from hip hop in Virginia to I've heard reference Mexalacha in in West Virginia. So, that, you know, there's been a lot of diversity because of where we're from. I know with your sound, you will typically probably get compared to Sturgill or Tyler just because where we're from. But I really think you have like this unique folk country Americana sound. You know, your narrative, just the lyrics are you really stay true to the region, which Neil and I appreciate and definitely relate to. I think you have I, I 
I feel like you kind of sound like Jason Isbell, fellow Appalachian from the Muscle Shoals region, but you have that kind of distinct sound. I think it's really cool. But where does your sound come from? Where does your inspiration come from? I guess, you know, how'd you get started? Well, I grew up in church, as you know, a lot of people around here did. And I mean, that my cousins, really a lot of my family, like great uncles and stuff, uh, heavily into bluegrass music so i heard that growing up my whole life uh the bluegrass sound but it wasn't until i was probably about nine or ten give or take i really got into 70s rock i stumbled upon smoke cassette tapes and i remember uh riding around with my papa as a kid and he had dr hook's greatest hits <laughs> cd a Johnny Cash gospel record and those were our two go-to records and we would always listen to our favorite one of our favorite songs to listen to was cover of the Rolling Stone by Dr. Hook I, I draw back to influence from that and then uh, later on about the time I was 15 or 16 I was in an alternative rock band I got very nice. into alternative rock in in high school you got a favorite group that's tough at the time I would say that we were trying to be Pearl Jam pretty much a, a Pearl Jam cover band. <laughs> the the alternative sound, and then I, I kind of stumbled into the the whole alternative country stuff, and that's that's really the the Uncle Tupelo's and Drive By Truckers and a lot of that. That's that's really where I draw most of my influences now is is from those guys. I wanted to ask you a question about, you know, we mentioned you're from Harlan County. We, we spoke earlier, you grew up in Everts, which is in Harlan County. You know, people misrepresent our region all the time. And I say our region because the listeners know Neil and I are from Bell County, which is right next to Harlan County, right in the heart of Eastern Kentucky. And part of this podcast is really to dispel some of those misconceptions. But, you know, we know what it's like growing up there. And we just wanted to hear from you what it was like growing up in bloody Harlan, Harlan County, USA. For the longest time, especially when I got into high school, I had like a love-hate relationship with living in southeastern Kentucky. So, so many times I can recall myself saying like, once I graduate, I'm going, you know, I'm going off to college, I'm moving away from here, you know, I'm not looking back and all this stuff. But it wasn't until I, I made the choice to go to the community college right up the road. And uh, I had an Appalachian studies class with Robert Gop, who was actually on the introduction of my, yeah. of my, I want to talk about that later. Yeah. That's an awesome introduction. He actually just, I mean, his class made me appreciate this region so much more. And I, I stumbled into this, this local music scene and just seeing the the unity of it and how much love that these people had for Kentucky you know it, can, it the realization came to me and it hit that like I should be proud to be where I'm from I shouldn't want to like run off and just try to get away from it I should do what I can do to make things better around here like this podcast man and Neil and I talk about it all the time sometimes it takes getting away to realize how special a place Appalachia and Southeastern Kentucky is. For sure. We had a guest on not too long ago. He, he's a renowned sociologist, but he, he released, just published a book called The Harlan Renaissance. So he grew up in Harlan back in the 40s in, in the coal camps. He's an African-American and he talked about Harlan being this cosmopolitan place back in the 40s. When Neil and I grew up, we, we don't picture Harlan as this cosmopolitan. Can you picture Harlan as a 
cosmopolitan. And to that point, you know, what do you think about the diversity in Harlan? Especially you mentioned Robert Gape. I mean, what they're doing over there, I think is a cool thing you got going on there to talk about some of the things that are happening in Harlan. For sure. Yeah. So I've seen many of the pictures of Harlan back in, you know, the 40s, the 50s, when it was, you know, this boom town, you know, the coal industry was at its peak, you know, there were like businesses everywhere. And you can still drive through downtown Harlan and see the the remnants of all these buildings, but they're they're still there. But it's almost like it's just the skeleton of those buildings. Right. There's there's a lot of awesome projects going on right now to help bring those businesses back to Harlan. Like where we have more stores and restaurants and coffee shops and stuff opening back up. And it's, it's really opening doors for a lot of musicians to come in and, and play shows there. If, if it wasn't for a local restaurant, I would have never been able to cut my teeth and playing music and everything. So yeah, it's it's great. And Robert Gop has been right up there helping pave the way for making this, you know, making Harlan better. I could be wrong, could be pretty sure though that he was responsible for this music festival that used to take place up in Cumberland. Uh, and it was called Crawdad. They they don't have it anymore. It was like just like this big lineup. You know, you had punk bands and you had hardcore metal bands. I played it several times with my alternative rock band. And then I played it solo. So like it was just like this open door for like music for anybody to really come in and, and play the festival. But, you know, I think that that local businesses are very important to our community. And it's sad to see in the past that so many have tried and it's it's not worked for them. But the few that are standing right now and there's more coming, but they seem to be doing better than they ever have. Yeah. You know, sometimes like I, I talked about the misconceptions and, you know, some of our listeners don't don't understand what it's like to grow up in southeastern Kentucky in these small towns. And they hear about the despair and the devastation. But that's you know, that's not what all, what these small towns are all about. Exactly. You mentioned a local restaurant that kind of gave you an opportunity to cut your teeth. Can you can you tell us what that restaurant was and, and maybe uh, tell us a little bit about how you ended up doing that? Yeah, so the restaurant's called The Portal. It's a pizza place. It's a wood fire pizza. And I think it was my second show ever. It was when I was in that band and we played the upstairs, the bar area. You know, kind of made connections there with the, the manager at the time. And fast forward a few months, I was working there and the music had kind of died down there. They weren't really having it anymore. And I asked my boss at the time I was, if I could throw a show and like bring in a few local artists. And we spent the majority of that summer and the next summer hosting these shows for, you know, local artists. And we did open mic nights and stuff all the time for people who didn't know how to make connections or anything or book shows locally and you know give them a a platform to showcase their talent and that way these other local venues would be on the lookout for them you know you mentioned the the music community how how tight-knit it is in eastern kentucky you mentioned obviously that opportunity for you to kind of cut your teeth but how hard is it where we're from how hard is it to get music out there i know in this day and age with the internet pretty easy to blast things but how hard is it to to make it in the music scene from eastern kentucky you know we have that rich history uh, us 23 country music highway but i'm sure it's still a hard path it's tough for sure 
I can say from my journey is I, you know, reached to a point like I never thought that I would reach, you know, so many likes on my Facebook page or, <laughs> or whatever. And and uh, it worked with some of the people that I've gotten to work with because I heard these guys for the last couple of years and never thought that I would be having a conversation with them in person or anything or sharing a bill with them. I've been there and I've also been to like the lowest point where I'm just ready to, to give up and, and quit. So it's it's definitely like a, a, a rocky road trying to get yourself into the into the door. To this day, I still have moments where I'm just like, why am I even doing this anymore? You know what I mean? I just want to give up. I'll get frustrated with it. Maybe a song isn't working out. I really started meeting a lot of great people when I played a festival up in Warsaw, Kentucky, right there on, you know, next to the the Ohio River. There's so much love and, you know, bonding there going on. And it, I actually wrote, a, it touched yeah. me so much that I wrote a song about it just to see how much this community lifts each other up. Even the people from West Virginia and Ohio, Virginia, the Carolinas, all these people, they, they just lift each other up and they try to like share each other's music. And cause I mean, that's what it takes. I mean, you've got to have support with your friends. It's great to have like a circle to lift each other up, you know, yeah, having those mentors, it sounds like it's key, especially in the, the music community. You, you know, you mentioned the Warsaw song it's an excellent song <laughs> but you mentioned the love there and a lot of a lot of your music you know you you represent kind of the positivity of the region i'm assuming you try to kind of want to get that positivity out but a couple of your songs you know mine town fragile bones you know really talk about where you're from they talk about the coal mines the labor struggles i won't get into detail but there's a there, there's a really good podcast underground music discovery where you talked about coal mining songs that's a really good episode for anybody out there that wants to take a listen, check them out. Obviously, a lot of people have written about coal mining songs, especially recently. Even the local honeys have, have covered W.B. Hills, you know, Dying to Make a Living. That's a cool song. Coal Country, Charles Wesley Godwin. That's a really oh, yeah. good coal mining song. Uh, you'll, of course, you'll never leave Harlan alive. Um, most people have heard that. But, you know, they're, they're all songs about the struggle, about the sacrifice. Do you write, especially these coal mining songs, do you write these songs because you want people to hear about them? Or do you write because you think they need to hear about the struggles and, and things like that in regards to Harlan County? I think it's it's important for people to know. Like, I try to to paint the picture of what it's like with mine town, for example, Lance and I, I wrote that song with Lance Rogers. I tried to just like put the listener into the shoes of someone who is from a coal mining town. And Lance really helped me a lot painting that picture. I tried to point out the pain, the struggles of, again, you mentioned dying to make a living. It touches on the, the narcotics problem. But at the end of the day, like I write the songs about, you know, the coal industry and stuff, but I also want there to be like a sense of hope Yeah, that there's, you know, for people who are from a coal mining town that feel like they're, you know, they're lost. They're not ever going to have anything else. And their town's a ghost town. And, but yeah, I feel like it's important for, for people to know, know the struggle and see what, what we as Appalachians in a, in a coal mining town go through. 
Yeah, that's that's great. I wanted to reference what what well actually what you referred to a minute ago, the intro to your EP, Maters and Skeeters. Yeah. <laughs> it's, just, it's an awesome intro by Robert Guy. He talks about his favorite thing in the world is a mater sandwich. And, and while it but while he's eating it out in the summer, he's getting eat up by skeeters. So it's kind of you know, the evil and the good, the yin and the yang, he, he refers to, you, you know, I think he says, if it don't come with a little bite to it, then the tasty ain't as tasty. I think that was his exact quote. If you don't see the struggle, it's kind of hard to see the good. I think that that's the point, obviously, he was trying trying to make. What, what do you try to represent in, in your music? I talk about a lot of, uh, you know, with the with the coal industry, of course, and, you know, even like struggles with relationships or anything like that. I do want I like I just try to give people hope. That's like my main goal is to just, you know, at the end of the day, everything is going to be OK. There's always a lot at the end of the tunnel, no how matter did, what you're going through. How did Maters and Skeeters come about? How'd you get Robert Gap on there? <laughs> OK, well, beginning of my town, you know, you can hear the voices and stuff of people talking about their struggles and stuff living in a mine town and i had actually wanted to get robert involved with that i messaged him and was you know talking to him about the project i was working on and stuff and i asked him if he could you know give me a quote he sends back what ended up being on the album <laughs> i was like i've got a completely different change of plans for for what you just sent to me i was like are you okay with me using this as the introduction to the album and and he just he told me to go for it. He was really cool about it. And I am happy to announce also while we're on the topic of Robert, he has uh, written another phenomenal introduction for me for this next upcoming project. Awesome. So he he'll be returning on on the upcoming album. That is that is awesome. We heard it we heard it here first. Is that is this groundbreaking? That's that's groundbreaking. That's <laughs> <laughs> You have a favorite album or a favorite art artist? Man, I, my music taste it just it goes all over the place. Like one day, my friends they'll they'll make fun of me because like one day I'm listening to the Drive By Truckers, Jason Isbell. The next day I'm listening to the Beatles or somebody, and then like at, the next day I'm listening to like Tupac. You know, it's just <laughs> yeah. like I'm all over the place with my music. But I would have to say that my favorite album of all time that I the first it was the first album I could ever listen to from beginning to end and like not skip a song and that Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band by the <laughs> Beatles that is just that, that in my opinion is one of the most perfect albums to ever be created you have a favorite uh, Appalachian album uh there's so many I had to pick. I really, really, really enjoy Nicholas Jamerson, Sunday Best. Yeah, yeah. So his his Sunday Best stuff, his solo stuff. He's one of my favorites out right now. Lance Rogers is up there on my favorites. You know, one of my co the local honeys, uh, Pearson Hobbs. He's a, a Virginian. He's a very good friend of mine. Uh, he's actually helping me work on this album. I mean, I could just go on and on yeah. with with lists of people, but. But yeah, those are those are some of my favorites. Local Keith honey Whit spit some fire, man. They don't just don't give a damn like that. Oh yeah, sound for sure. Keith Whitley, Keith Whitley's up there on my list. Probably, probably my favorite Appalachian artist is Keith Whitley. That's great. I have a couple venues that that I've been to that are my favorite. The Nine Thirty Club in DC is one of my favorites. Probably one and two or that and the Ryman. Do you have a dream venue you'd like to like to play at one day? 
Yeah, you actually you said it, the the ramen. I love to be able to play the ramen one day, man. That's like a dream of mine for sure. So, what's the coolest place so far that you've played? Since Will's stealing all my questions here, <laughs> I know you're kind of young in your career, uh, but you know, uh, is there a, is there a place that sticks out that was just pretty pretty cool or, or pretty unique? That festival up in Warsaw, Warsaw. another yeah, they it's like we call her uh, Mama Billy. She's you know she throws she throws these these festivals, but it's it's like right there on the Ohio River. It's just literally like you can look at you're playing a show and you're looking at these big ships coming through, and it's just it was it's a great atmosphere. There's all kinds of like amazing local artists that that all she always gets to play up there, and that was just and and you don't know a stranger there everybody's talking to you you're hugging people that you just met you know what i mean like it's just yeah. you can feel the love there and it's that's a, that's probably top of my list so far I, I i wanted to ask you a question that we ask everybody obviously you've been talking about the whole time but uh just where where do you call home and what makes it what makes it unique for you that's a really good question i think harlan county will always be my home i have no plans of leaving here i was actually talking to to some people about that the last couple of days about the whole moving to nashville you know i, I mean it it is a help right. to make it in country music but i don't i don't i don't think it's necessary in my personal opinion to to have to move to nashville i believe that you can make an impact from where you're at so i mean i have as of now have no plans of of leaving harlan but you know, you never know what's what's going to what's going to come up. But Harlan, I think, will always be my home for sure. And it's just all my family is here and loved ones. And it's just, I mean, grew up running around in these mountains, and there's there's nothing like them. Yeah. Is that simply because you never think you can get out of Harlan alive, or is that just <laughs> <laughs> that's probably it? That's that's. Yeah. Uh, how old were you the first time you can remember singing like in front of a crowd? Uh, I'm sure there were some nerves and nerves involved in that. And what advice would you give to young artists in uh, in Eastern Kentucky or throughout Appalachia that might be looking to to do that for the first time? Uh, well, the first thing I can recall singing in front of a crowd was being very young, singing songs in church. But the first time that I ever played like an act like a like a stage show with like people it was a fall festival at an elementary school mm -hmm. and uh nerves were just everywhere you can go back and look at those pictures of me and like i look absolutely terrified <laughs> like i'm just sitting there like i have this real I'm, I'm in distraught i don't know if like what's going on but but i mean my advice would be to just i mean you're never gonna you know, get through those nerves if you don't just, I mean, just, just do it. And like now I can, I can play a reasonably sized crowd and I don't, I don't get as ner you know, there's still the butterflies and, you know, worrying about sounding good, but I don't get as nervous as I used to. At, at, at this point, you know, we've talked about being from Harlan and that, you know, your, your plans are to never leave Harlan, but at, at one point in your life, just like Will and I, and just like a lot of teenagers that grow up in Eastern Kentucky, 
your first thought is, man, I got to get out of here. I got to leave here. I got to, I'm never coming back because you're so young and immature and don't really know. But is there any particular advice that you would give that eighth or ninth grader at, at Harlan County High School that is just waking up every day dreaming of getting out? Absolutely. I think well, for me, it, it was seeing the people like Robert Guy and the people who actually, who, who cared about Harlan, a realization that you don't see because like everybody tells you to get out. They're like, you know, you're not going to be able to do anything if you don't get out, like go get you a college degree and, you know, find a good job somewhere else because there's not many left here. And that's, that's the thing is that if, there's no progression and moving Harlan forward and trying to make it better, then of course there's not going to be, you know, any opportunities for, for the next generation. And that's why I think that it's, it's so important for kids to, to stay here and want to make it better. And, you know, I understand you know, moving off to, to find a job and stuff that's complete, you know, I'm not saying, you know, Oh, never do that or whatever, you know, cause I mean, sure. it's different situations, but yeah, there's some really awesome, like I said earlier, projects that are, are trying to help out with stuff like that. There, the stay project comes to mind to help the younger generation. It's out of Apple shop. Yeah. 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 So I do have a question for you, Cody. Um, we ask all of our guests this as, as well. And I'm just curious to hear all the different perspectives. So, when I say this word, just tell me the, the very first thing that comes to your mind or what rolls off the tongue first when you hear the word Appalachia. I'd say love. Perfect. For sure. Perfect. We usually end on that. I, I wanted to ask you one more question. I wanted to ask you about your writing. I know, obviously, you're, you're a singer-songwriter, but do you also co-write? How do you go about doing that for a song? Would you prefer to write songs yourself or or is it easier to get a co-writer? How does that work out for you? It varies. I've had songs that I've wrote in 15 minutes and like I've had songs that's taken me months and like years to write. And even with co-writes, you know, sometimes you just you get stuck on a song and you don't know where to go with it. And then other times it's like it just flows out like when I finally get around to living that song, I co-wrote that with Lance Rogers as well. And that was one of those songs that just flowed out. Montown did as well, like bandits bandits. I, I co-wrote that one too. That first verse, the burning eyes, burning, you know, burning smiles. I had that little section for a year and a half and had no idea what to do with it until we started making a long way from home. And I found the little demo that I done of it and the chord progression and like the melody and stuff. I approached Dakota Sailor, who also co he co-produced that P with me. He sent me back a chorus and the rest of the song just it it just came out. I wanted to say when you actually do play at the Ryman, will you come back on our show? <laughs> for sure. For sure. If that <laughs> if that happens, I will I will most definitely. All right, we're gonna hold you to that. <laughs> <laughs> Cody, man, we, we definitely appreciate the time. If you haven't checked out Cody Howard, go give it a listen. Uh, you won't regret it, I promise. Uh, he's a new up-and-comer out of the southeast Kentucky region, Appalachian region, staying true to his roots. And his new album, if you want to talk about it, Cody, is coming out March 18th, 2022. Yeah, Appalachian Dream. Appalachian Dream.
you know, for the last little bit, it's been demos. We started the real track in the other day with some very, very talented artists. And I'm very excited to get these songs out to the world and, you know, for everybody to hear them. We, we can't wait to hear it. I can promise you that. And again, Cody, man, we, we appreciate your time and, and just taking the time. But appreciate you guys for, for having me on. Anything we can do to gas up Appalachian, man, that's what we're here <laughs> for. Uh, we appreciate you and look forward to all your upcoming successes. Thank you so much. Yep. Yeah, I really do appreciate you guys for real. Yep. And I, I love what you all are doing as well. You all keep, keep putting out content because you're doing a great thing for sure. I could go back to Warsaw So I could just catch my breath and Sing you a song about being alone And I swear that I'll love you today So, Will, what'd you think, man? Cody Howard dropping some knowledge on us. I thought it, I thought it was a great interview talking about you know where he gets his inspiration for his music. Uh, he writes a lot of a lot of songs about coal mines. I thought it was interesting to hear that he used to be in a punk band. Even it just shows the variety and the diversification that's actually in Appalachia in the region, but also how he has kind of transitioned back to his roots and writes about what he knows. He stole my thunder there, man. He's got a lot of different directions he can go. I, th I think he's finally found his path. I look forward to hearing uh, much more over the next few years. So uh, I hope our listeners will, will support him and, and listen to some of his music, most importantly. And I just appreciate him getting on and joining us. I love the fact also that he's all about helping other musical talent inside our region kind of find a pathway to get their stuff out there, too. You know, he he's kind of done it the hard way. I wish him much success, and I hope our listeners will check him out on on one of my one of my newfound treasures the old <laughs> apple music <laughs> check out cody howard yeah you definitely if you haven't heard him yet you definitely need to check him out we, we've been playing a few of his songs on this episode stick around to the end we'll, we'll play a full song he, he's just got a he's just got a great sound i think you're going to be hearing a lot of him coming up like we said his album's coming out in march uh, stay tuned for that and all the other stuff he's got going on. Yes, sir. So, you know, as we uh, roll through another episode here, here bro, uh, anything hit you tonight, you know, as we go move into our uh, Of Place segment? Yeah, I got a little bit for Of Place. You know, we mentioned it before, Maters and Skeeters. I don't know if there's anything much better than getting a tomato out of your garden or somebody else's garden and slicing it up, put some mayonnaise on it, and two on two pieces of white bread, pile them uh, tomato pieces on there and salt and pepper it and just eat it. And, and you know, that's high summer right there, a good, good tomato sandwich. And then on the opposite end of things, there ain't much worse than getting eat up by a bunch of damn mosquitoes and me and my pard was sitting in there in the kitchen the other day uh it being august when this happened we was eating just the most perfect mater sandwich juice all in the bread and just the least little bit of basil chiffonaded on there and at the very same time i was wolfing down that slice of heaven the mos mosquitoes 
just ate me up and got between my toes and up and down my legs and just had me made miserable. And I said to my par, I said, you know what? I said, this is all part of it. This is, this is all the same thing. And my part said, what do you mean? And I said, well, you can't have the maters without the skeeters. He said, it's the yin and the yang of summer. No hell, no heaven, no evil, no goodness. And my part said, it's, uh, it's the duality of the summer thing. And, and see, that's what I like about these young cats making music here in Harlan or, or wherever things is kind of rough, because um, they know. If it don't come with a little bite to it, then the tasty ain't as tasty. You know what I'm saying? That's the intro to Cody's first EP, A Long Way From Home, produced in 2020. Robert Gap did that intro as it w- was discussed in the, ep- in the episode, but I just wanted to, to play that and mention it because of the writing that was involved. Cody's music really hits home with me because it's relatable. Music to me, there's a lot of great voices out there. There's a lot of cool music, cool sound. But the music that I like the most is relatable to me. And and that relatability comes from the writing. And I just wanted to mention Cody's writing, Cody's storytelling through his music, through his words. He's just adapt at making it relatable, especially people in the Appalachian region or underserved communities that maybe don't have a voice. He utilizes his writing to make a voice for the community. It's in his writing. He's honest. He's sincere. It's just what he knows. I know he mentioned it in the episode, write what you know. And I think when when you do that, you make it relatable for others and, and people find relatability in your words which I did in Cody's um, when I've I've listened to his songs not only makes me think about where I'm from but he also you know speaks to what I know who I am and I appreciate that and is one of the reasons why we wanted to have him on the show not necessarily for his style of music although it is unique he definitely has a unique sound really for his storytelling, his writing, the way he writes, the way he wants to highlight where he's from, how he grew up, and what what he knows, especially in regards to the Appalachian region. He brings the region to light in a different way that makes people, even outsiders, come to appreciate a little bit about what he's doing, what he's saying, and how he's doing it. And I just wanted to recognize that a little bit, highlight not only his music, gas up Appalachia, but also highlight his his writing, his storytelling, and the cool vibes he sends throughout the Appalachian region. Yeah, Neil, great episode with a great guest. Getting some music out there for the next generation. I uh, guess we'll end it like I usually do. Till next time. Peace.
This is Untitled Sad Song number three. Just ride 